Welcome to Follow Your Path with Cara Hunter. I'm a tarot reader, Reiki healer and spiritual coach. And today I'm joined by Alex Vretos, who's a therapeutic hypnotist. And I'm particularly excited to have Alex here today because we're really good friends back from teenagers. So I'm really excited to be doing this topic together. So thanks a lot for being here, Alex. Would you like to introduce thanks, yourself? Yeah, Alex Vretos, therapeutic hypnotist um in uh, the south of england um so uh, yeah I'm, I'm a hypnotherapist basically but um, i've got a few extra bells and whistles which we'll probably go into as we chat excellent so um today we're talking about limiting beliefs and blocks that hold us back i i think this is a really life-changing topic and it's, it's certainly something that i've had to work on all my life so that's certainly something that I've worked through, um, situations where I felt I've had to push through blocks um, and push through situations where I felt really uncomfortable. And I, it's, it's been a big part of my life pushing through these things. So I really wanted to do to do a podcast on it. So I'm just so excited to have Alex with me as well doing this. So um, so just really going into the topic, I, wow. I see a belief as something that stops us from moving forward. So it's a thought that stops us from moving forward and limitations that we put on ourselves. And I see it as it can be conscious or subconscious. And I think the subconscious is a lot harder to identify because sometimes we don't even know that there's, there's something deep inside our subconscious that's holding us back from, from doing something. Um, it can be quite deeply, deeply buried. And um, I mean, like an example is, is quite common to, to, to want to do something, but just feel like we're not good enough to, to do it um making excuses to to do things and there might be actually deeper reasons why we why we don't want to do them or feel like we we can't do them um i mean for me i've had to really overcome my my sort of public speaking um i i joined the audio up clubhouse last year and i had to really overcome um feeling extremely uncomfortable to to speak in the rooms and to speak in front of other people and that certainly came down to, to limiting beliefs. I, I was really worried about what other people thought of me. I just didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think I was interesting enough. And I had to really work past those blocks to, to be able to, to talk in the rooms and eventually start my own, my own club and, and then move on to do my podcast. So um, I know how, you know, what a sort of difficult and deep subject it is. Um, and then on the spiritual side of things, uh, blocks can be if we're not following our own life path. And, and signs of that are if everything is feeling difficult, doors keep closing on us, we're just not feeling happy. That can mean we're not following our, our path in life. It can be we're just not really fulfilling our dreams or really making ourselves happy. So, um, so Alex, how, how do you see a limiting belief? Um, well, I think... Uh... The more you push yourself, the more likely you're going to come against them. You know, life, life is an ongoing uh, journey, really, of expanding your comfort zone. And sometimes it's easier to step outside of not. But generally, more often than not, you realise that the more you step outside your comfort zone, uh, you're not moving away from what's comfortable. What's comfortable is just growing. Um, but, uh, but limiting beliefs can be that little boundary. And, and it can be the difference as to whether you cross it or whether you just stay where it feels safe and familiar. Um, and uh, yeah, you raised an interesting point there about, uh, you know, sometimes they're very hidden, um, which uh, obviously when I'm working directly with the subconscious, 
with clients, then um, sometimes I need to go and see what's going on here that perhaps they don't know about. Therefore, I don't know about it. Because the subconscious can, you know, it's all about protecting you, really, uh, even though it doesn't always feel like that. And uh, sometimes it's very good at hiding what it thinks is, oh, she can't possibly bear that. So uh, let's just keep it to ourselves. Let's keep it here. But that, of course, means you can never challenge it and never get past it. However, just because that belief's there, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Just because we believe anything in life, whether we know we believe it or not, it doesn't mean it's true. Um, but I think this idea can become such a kind of um, a big thing in your life, whether you know it's there or not. I, I, I'd like to put it in terms of, uh, of, of a sort of simple stage hypnosis thing. So for something for entertainment purposes, someone might be on a stage um, and they might be, um, you know, to, to, to pick a, a real cliche, they, they might be um, hypnotized to uh, walk around like a chicken every time someone says the word chicken, you know, so they could be absolutely normal um, for um, and have a conversation um, with someone. But as soon as the word chicken goes, they just start flapping their arms um, like wings and uh, strutting their heads and clucking like a chicken. Um, and um, this is because the hypnotist has put a idea in their heads. So although they can function normally, the hypnotist put this idea, whenever you hear the word chicken, you will believe you're a chicken and start behaving like one. So um, during this act, it's hilarious and everyone's laughing at them. And while they're strutting like a chicken, it just feels natural to do it. Um, and uh, limiting beliefs are much the same thing. They're, they're ways that we've used to kind of hypnotize ourselves in a limiting way. It's a belief that you hold, that you know you hold it or you don't know you hold it. But every time you're in a certain situation, that belief just kicks in automatically and you start dancing like a chicken basically metaphorically speaking <laughs> um so sometimes you need to see that it's there in order to start to challenge it uh, other times you can see someone like me who can maybe shift it without uh without sort of uh, calling it out so to speak yeah that makes sense it does totally yeah because i've actually sort of lived both sides of it so i, I i've lived you know just identifying working through it by just keep facing myself with those situations that scare me or I feel blocked by them and just keep pushing through it and it does work but I've also had you know hypnotherapy where uh that speeds up I do I do believe that speeds up the process um yeah. because it, it talks straight to your subconscious rather than you trying to retrain it yourself and you know so it, but I think a combination of the two is also good because I, I what I found sometimes and I don't know if you find this with clients is that um, they also need to change their behavior. So if you can work on a limiting belief, um, but if you continue, if you carry on then afterwards to live like you've still got that limiting belief, it can come back. Do you, do you find yeah. that? I... It becomes part of your identity. And you know? I think what you kind of got here is like a chicken and an egg. Um, you know, what came first, the chicken and the egg, the old question. So what came first, this belief uh, or your behavior that fulfills the belief? You know, because maybe a belief comes from, you know, for, for, an old, for example, you're trying to learn something new and every time you go and do it, you're incompetent. So you're incompetent at this thing that you're doing. You go into it with a feeling of I'm going to be incompetent and therefore you're always incompetent whenever you do it. Which came first, the chicken and the egg? So what I suggest is the actual narrative itself is just a story in the mind and it's self-hypnotic. 
And the more that you can uh, realize that, and this is where I always start with my clients before I do it to move them on, is to help them realize the self-hypnotic nature and how these things, hidden or visible, um, become part of their identity or determine how they're going to be. Um, and if you can get in the way of that loop, it all starts to fall apart. You can start to undermine it and they can start to move forwards. Yeah, so we could actually talk ourselves into it. And I suppose it could come from like a, a one, like you say, a one-time situation. Instead of like brushing that off, uh, we then remember that negative situation. And then the next time the situation occurs, we then use, relive that negative memory. And then it becomes a long-term thing rather than just a one-off that we've moved past. Yeah. So, so where are from, uh, apart from your own behaviour? You know, if you go into something, I'm not sure I'm going to be very good at this or I'm not sure if I deserve to get this job or whatever it might be um, these these sort of really intimate thoughts when you look into it that you go to a therapist to discuss um, they're actually they're all cliches um, so they're talked about a lot in films that we watch in magazine articles that we read in the songs that we listen to in poetry that maybe you read um, into books you read and sometimes I'll, I'll kind of, uh, I'll argue with my, well, argue, I'll, I'll put it to my clients that some of the intimate beliefs, if we went a Charles Dickens book that was written sort of a couple of hundred years before they were born and scour the pages, you'll probably find those most intimate thoughts of, I don't deserve this, being expressed by these characters, these fictional characters who were written about long before you were born. Um, and people will be believing these intimate beliefs you have in your head that hold you back, that stop you doing things, that steal life from you. People will still be thinking those most intimate thoughts hundreds of years after you're, um, after you're gone. The human race lasts that long. And, um, and, uh, and yeah, they're, they're not really your thoughts. You're just, your mind's just sponged them up and it's used them as, a, as an explanation from time to time. And sometimes that explanation becomes part of your identity and it becomes very very real but it wasn't yours to start off with <laughs> yeah that makes sense because sometimes it can just come from our families being at school friends people we work with people you know um just people that we spend time with and yeah. if we pick that up so we've got a choice whether to to pick that up ourselves and continue that as a belief and sometimes it, it can be hard to break a a, a pattern um and and so you have to actually break the pattern and think well ha hang on a minute is this actually what i think or is this what i've like you say picked up from somewhere else or been led to believe and i and i've and i just i believe it because someone else has told me it's true yeah uh okay and again this is the self-hypnotic nature of it so let's stick with something quite broad like i'm not i don't deserve to be happy um you know, so someone, the more they kind of start to believe this, the more they will look for evidence consciously or subconsciously in their life. They're like, well, I tried that and that didn't work. And I tried that and that didn't work because their mind consciously or subconsciously is constantly trying to justify the belief that they don't deserve to be happy. But when it's constantly trying to justify it, it therefore starts to miss out so-and-so loves me and that works really well and I'm really good at that and that was an excellent time and they lose all they start to lose all the um lose perspective on all of the evidence that actually they are happy sometimes or they clearly do deserve to be happy 
but other times it just hasn't gone very right or perhaps they means that yeah happiness didn't happen it's interesting isn't it because that's definitely something i've felt and observed that it for some reason it seems easier to pick up on and believe the negative things than it is the, the positive yeah um yeah because the mind is wired to protect you so unfortunately that does mean it's easy sometimes it's easy to lose perspective of all the positive stuff because you don't need to do anything about that <laughs> it's all going swimmingly <laughs> so the mind tends to fixate on oh but what if that happens oh sugar you know right now i need to really focus on uh, protecting myself about that happening and so your life becomes all about making sure that that thing doesn't go wrong next week when you're doing that presentation for example which means for the next week you're living in a reality in your mind that that thing's already going wrong so you're feeling anxious about it because um you know again you've lost perspective on the fact that um it's perfectly within your capabilities to do it yeah i've definitely identified that that protection thing where i uh, i used to look for everything that would go wrong in a situation and mm. you can't you can't guess you know that you can think of a hundred things that might go wrong and what you would do about it and then something completely different would, would happen anyway so you know that's what i've learned and so um again the, the self-hypnotic nature of the trick is we start thinking about the future but we can't think about the future because the future doesn't exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist till we get there. So when you've got this idea in your mind of this, uh, I don't know, presentation next week, for example, um, and you're playing it out in your mind and it's going wrong. Uh, and if you're starting to get stressed about it, it's because at some level you forget it's just a movie in your mind and you're starting to identify with it as the future. But it's not complete fiction. Can experience it as complete fiction as just a suggested scenario then your body doesn't need to respond to it you don't need action to it you can go yeah okay so i just need to do a little bit more preparation and then the stress goes away but when you forget that it's just a movie in the mind you start to react to it as if it's already and that's where the stress reaction comes from can't fix it because it's not happening but your mind's trying to fix it because it feels like it's happening that's when you get stuck in those little loops which are very unproductive and uh, make you work harder than you need to yeah i love the way you describe that you're trying to fix something that hasn't happened yet and uh, and that's why it's it's impossible to solve it <laughs> because you're trying to guess 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 what it's what it's going to be and i yeah. i think that um one of the key things, certainly for me, to overcome this is about having faith in myself. So I think a lot of it is we, you know, if you've got that faith in ourselves that whatever happens, we will be okay. Whatever happens, we can look after ourselves. You know, what, whatever happens, it, we'll we'll work it out. You know, and I think it, a big thing is is just having that faith in ourselves that that um, even if something doesn't quite go our way, that that's still okay. That's fine. We'll still be okay. Yeah. We'll still work our way forwards. You know. Right. It's just, am I capable of doing this? Yes. Okay. So do I need to do a bit more prep or practice? Yeah. Yes. Or no, you're prepared enough. Okay, then. Or am I capable of this? No. Well, should I do it then? Perhaps not. Okay. Then I'm not going to do it. At no point does there really need to be that um, overwhelming anxiety. 
you know it's um it's a problem solving exercise it's a risk assessment um and uh yeah perhaps perhaps there's a problem here that you can fix in which case just focus on fixing it then it's not a problem so you don't need to worry about it or perhaps it's something that you can't fix um but you can accept it and go ahead and do it anyway see what happens then there's no need to feel anxious about it or you think you know what i'm i'm a bit off more than i can chew i'm not going to do it so you don't you don't do it yeah absolutely yeah definitely but you you lose that kind of critical thinking when you start to um you know when you start to plan for it to go wrong when you start to imagine yourself making a complete fool of yourself and your body starts to get all tense and uh, your heartbeat starts to race and you're not thinking critically anymore you're thinking like well again you're, you're back in that imagined situation as if it's already happening trying to fix it but you can't because it's not happening this is self-hypnosis the imaginations become more real than what's actually happening at the moment which is you're sitting on your sofa having a cup of tea thinking about what you got to do next week <laughs> yeah yeah and then all of a sudden we've talked ourselves out of it because there's far too many problems and it's far too scary and then you've forgotten why you wanted to do it in the first place basically yeah. <laughs> exactly <laughs> fear, the fear is there. fear's there to protect you you know it's uh, fear is all about safety um and uh, and it's good but once you made yourself safe once you are safe you don't need to feel um say you're away on holiday and there's a there's a bunch of people jumping off a cliff um and you, you can kind of go along and you can go look over the edge of the cliff and you can go i'm either going to do that because it looks really fun and exciting or you can go no it's not that i'm not going to do it uh but why need to feel fear where some people will just feel the fear and think, i can't do that i can't do that i can't do that because they're already imagining doing it and it going wrong that's a bit of a blunter form of what we can do when we're, we're what we do when we're thinking about a presentation next week or a job interview or a change of career or whatever it might be, whether to marry someone or not, you know, all of those things. It's just that thing where you look at it, you weigh it up as best you can. You go, yeah, that seems like a really good idea. Or no, it doesn't. <laughs> all of everything else is just thinking. The anxiety just comes from the thinking and the different narratives and the stories you tell yourself about it. And if those narratives and stories are taking a bad turn, which they quite often do because the mind is just trying to protect you from things that might go wrong, whew, it's just so exhausting in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and that's also from an intuition point of view. It To me, from a spiritual point of view, it's our intuition that ultimately tells us whether something is, is right for us or not but when we start stressing and worrying and panicking that actually blocks our intuition so yeah. then then we don't have that kind of like sixth sense as to whether that thing is right for us anymore so we totally lose sight of why we're going to do it or you know do we still want to do it so um i find yeah. that if i get to a point where i'm wor over worrying about something i i, I tend to have a, a process now that i use so i i brainstorm it um i work out what I can't control, what I can control. I, I do what I can, like you say, to prepare as best I can. And then I, I, I draw the line. So when I start, when my thoughts start repeating, so when I start going over and over, you know, once I've gone, stop getting new, doing new territory and I'm repeating thoughts, then I say enough, uh, stop. And then I take my mind off it. And if I can, I go for a nice walk in nature, do some exercise, or I just completely take my mind off it and, and, and just, and just stop. And that's then when the, the, I can calm and relax 
and then the intuition comes in you know and then that's when you really can get in touch with who you really are what you really want and that's when your passion and desire kicks back in so I think the fear blocks that the fear blocks that that passion and that desire whereas if you just take the fear out of it take some deep breaths take some calm let your intuition kick in and then all of a sudden the positivity the the passion inside you comes back and you remember why you wanted to do it and I just think that's that's really really important I think here's another little um analogy I like to use with people and this is this is quite a recent one for me that I've come across and I find it really really powerful for myself and and for others and I think this will help with um with uh, your frame just then about allowing in so yeah. um, in terms of um, uh, you know, when I bake a potato, um, I'll do it in the oven or the microwave. And without fail, because this is one little mistake I never seem to learn from, I'll always first try and pick it up with my hands, my bare hands. And it's always hot. All right. So it's all about the hot potato. If I'm holding the potato in my hand and I think, wow, that's hot. That's not particularly helpful information, is it? No. <laughs> so what is the pain actually trying to tell me? That I should be touching a hot potato. <laughs> uh, no, again, that, that's not particularly useful information because I am touching a hot potato. <laughs> to, to drop it then. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it put it down, numbnuts. <laughs> it's hurting you. It's damaging your skin. Put the potato down, numbnuts. That's what the pain is about. But if I sit there with the potato in my hand going, it's hot, it's hot, it's hot, and the longer I hold on to it, it's getting hotter. Oh, I'm crying now. I think my hand's starting to scar. It's no good, is it? Now, hunger is another one. You know, when you feel hungry, what's the hunger trying to tell you? That we need food. Yeah, to eat something. But if you just think, wow, I'm feeling hungry. Wow, I'm feeling hungry. The more I focus on this feeling, I'm feeling hungry. The hungrier I seem to feel. It's not going to go away until you actually do something about it. So I think if you're starting to feel this kind of anxieties, if you're starting to feel fear when you're thinking about doing something, uh, one of the most, uh, most powerful things I think you can do for tapping into the intuition is just sitting there with that feeling and saying, if you're experiencing as anxiety, then you're going to experience it. Oh, I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling anxious. I'm feeling anxious. Oh, why am I feeling anxious? Because if this happens, then I'm going to look like an idiot. So I, now I'm imagining looking like an idiot and I'm feeling more anxious. But what's it actually trying to tell you? And if you sit with a feeling and say, what, what's another way to look at this? What's another way? Now, it might be don't do it. Or it might be do it, but get it right. You know, it might be prepare more. It might be um, all sorts of other things that you'll think of in that moment. But we jump to, if you just start to experience it as anxiety or fear, then you're sitting there in an anxious experience or a fear experience, which is the same as just sitting there with a potato going, this is really hot. This is hurting me. This is really hot. This is hurting me. You're not getting what it's actually trying to tell you. Put the potato down or do something different or prepare more or whatever it might be. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's your mind yeah. warning you. It's your mind telling you to do something because anxiety sold as a negative um, emotion, but it's, it's intent is positive. 
Its intent is basically you telling you, saying, if that happens, it's going to ruin our day. Or if that happens, it's going to ruin our life. But it's not happening, so what are we going to do about it? That's all it is. It's about happiness and well-being, anxiety is. Fear's about safety. Anger's about justice and fairness and right and wrong. They're, all of these negative emotions, they're actually, their intent is positive. But if you sit there and be overwhelmed with the negative actual experience, then you lose the positive message, so you get stuck in the negative experience. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I, I liked how you were describing about the feelings because that also works with, I certainly felt that a lot with me where when I can't shake a thought and, and something might scare me or, or I feel daunted by it, but I can't shake it off. You know, I just, and it, that to me, that's my intuition telling me that that is a part, you know, that would be good for me, that, that path and, and yeah. to, to find a way, you know, through it to do it. And I think if you just cut, it's, it's paying attention to those feelings, but I think that the, the fear and the anxiety block the, the feeling. So then you're not going with your, like your natural feelings. Like you say, our body tells us, does something feel right or wrong? Does something feel good or bad? But if you're overthinking and worrying and analyzing, then you're not tuning into those natural feelings of right or, of right or wrong. So if we just actually, you know, calm our minds, then we can just naturally feel if something right or wrong, good or bad. And we can just naturally go with the flow in the direction that feels right for us. Um, but I really like the way you described those feelings and I also liked earlier when you're saying about needing to, to 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 learn and grow and and that's part of our spiritual path that's part of why we're here is is to learn and grow so if we avoid every time we feel a bit uncomfortable or a bit anxious we avoid that then we're not learning and growing we're staying in our comfort zone all the time then we're actually yeah. not learning and growing and we're not following our life path um and I think you know it can be difficult to to push through feeling uncomfortable. I mean, I've always done it. I've always had that sort of drive, I guess, my intuition to to have that goal and, and push myself through uncomfortable circumstances. But it's it's not always easy. Uh, what why um why are we afraid to feel uncomfortable, Alex? You know, why why is it so difficult to push past that? Um, because I think you can give the discomfort. You generally, what I, I'll find is, is because you're, you're, you're giving that discomfort a dramatic um, narrative, you know, if you, um, if you call that discomfort, like so if someone's anxious about something, I, I might see three or four people in a day who, who feel anxious in certain situations. Someone might just say, look, anxiety is like this churning sensation in my belly. And someone else is like, oh, it's a fast feeling in my chest, like my heart's speeding up. Someone else might say, well, my throat seizes up and I, you know, I find it hard to talk and swallow and so on and so on. Someone else says, oh, it just feels like my thoughts are spinning. So anxiety is not a feeling. Anxiety is a concept that we attach to certain sensations we have in the body. So if you can learn to think, if, if every time you're in that situation and you feel that horrible, anxious, churning sensation in your stomach, then of course it's horrible. You don't want to feel churning anxiety in your stomach. If you really sit there and think about it uh, and you can start to experience that feeling without the word anxiety. So it becomes just a kind of a circular motion in your, because I'll ask my clients, well, is it going, is it churning forwards to backwards or is it going round and round vertically or horizontally? And they start to go, Oh yeah, I'm not sure. No, it's forwards to backwards. I was like, oh, and how quickly is it going? Um, 
and you just start to get them feel into the sensation itself and you just start to take this all of the threat out of it so yeah you don't want to go into a feeling a place and feel anxious but if that to occur why don't you find the absolute least dramatic language to describe it that's still accurate like all right so i'm feeling a circular motion that doesn't sound so bad. You know what? I can handle that. I can handle walking into that situation and feeling this circular spinning sensation in my belly. What I couldn't anxious because last time I made a fool of myself and I'm going to make a fool of myself this time and nobody's going to like me and everyone's going to judge me and they're going to be able to show myself in public again. That's when it gets out of hand. In actual fact, the only thing that's happening is you're feeling a bit of a, a stirring in the belly. <laughs> Yeah, I like the storytelling that. makes it the storytelling makes it feel a lot worse because none of that storytelling is actually happening. It's all just mind. So if you're going to feel into again, this is the whole intuition thing. What's another way to feel like it? Or just sort of, I want to be quiet in the moment. Uh, you want to look at it in left brain and right brain sensation. You're moving out of the left brain, which is the chatty one, and you're moving into the right brain, which is the more kind of feeling meditative intuitive part of you and you're just sitting with it going you know what this isn't that bad without all that chatter i can handle this and so it's easier to push through it it's easier to do what you need to do what you want to do because you want to do it but i think one of the most exciting things i've really started to learn in the last two or three years is the language we use to describe these is actually defining our experiences. So if you can just start to notice, and this is what I'll do with myself numerous times when I'm going into an unhelpful um, mind state, is, all right, Alex, you know, I like writing stories, so I like finding what dramatic ways to do stuff. So I'll go in and go, yeah, okay, that's a very, very fun way to put stuff, isn't it, Alex? But uh, that's not really happening. What's really going on here? And you go, okay. And then you describe it to yourself in a different way, and it feels better. Have it? I came off my motorbike about three weeks ago, four, three or four weeks ago now, uh, fractured my collarbone. Um, and um, in, it was only just down the road, so I managed to get the bike back and I got in and, um, and I noticed my hands were shaking. I thought, oh, there's a bit of shock going on there. Uh, and I looked at myself and go, well, why am I? Because I'm telling myself a story that I've just fallen off my motorbike. I've had a motorbike accident. In all honesty, there was only one other car and it was a little way away. It was a very quiet junction. Um, I was only going six or seven miles an hour. Um, I just felt hard. So I'm looking at my shaking hands and I'm going, it wasn't a motorcycle accident, was it? I just fell over and I happened to be on the motorbike, which was going very slowly at the time. And within 30 seconds, my hands stopped shaking. My, my mind cleared and I just had the pain in my shoulder to deal with and the meeting that I was now late for. Because I realized that in my mind, it was telling me a more dramatic story than it needed to interpret things. So I found an easier one. I found a better one, a less dramatic one that was still accurate. And things changed within a few seconds. Wow. Yeah, that's really, really powerful. Like you say, you just totally changed the way you thought about the situation. Yeah. And that's, that's really, really powerful. Because the way I was thinking about it wasn't doing me any good to look at this like the hot potato yeah. thing slightly different you know it's like how do i explain what just happened 
more useful for me to actually get on and deal with the fact that do I need medical attention and I need to speak to the guy who I'm supposed to be meeting right now. Yeah, taking away from the, the practical things you need to do. <laughs> yeah, again, um, just what's actually happening here? What do I need to do? Or do I need to sit here and feel sorry for myself? <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that leads me into us talking a bit about how to get past the, the blocks. Um, yeah. And I think that, I, I think for me, first of all, it's about being honest with yourself. I think we just, we live busy, busy lives and we just go on and on and on. And these things are just going on in our heads, like you say, a narrative. And we're just not really identifying them. So I think the first thing really is, is, is just identification. Um, yeah. And I think we can we can do that by talking like we are now, talk, talking it through, actually taking the time to talk about our feelings, talk about our thoughts. Um, we can do that with friends. I think journaling is also a really good thing to, to do to, at the end of the day, just to journal a bit about how you how you feel about your day or feel about a certain situation. Then obviously there's like therapy, exploring it further, um, at reading. I can pick up things like that in readings. I can pick up th things for people that um, didn't people didn't realise were hidden. Um, and I, I do think sometimes, certainly in my life, sometimes just identifying it is actually enough. That that yeah. that that moment saying, "Oh, oh, I, yes, I do think that, don't I?" And then you just and then identifying it's enough to then stop thinking about it. Yeah. Well, then you can go. Well, do I actually agree with it or not? <laughs> Because once you can see it, you can go, well, yeah, you've got a point, but it's not entirely true, is it? And uh, again, just start rearranging your. Um, yeah. Another way, again, is just, all right, so what, what, what's my mind achieve here? What's it trying to tell me? What's another way to think about it? And um, I, I don't know, I've, I've uh, sometimes it's just to play with them uh, in a fun way. I, I had a client. Um, uh, once I remember who uh, I don't know I just can't get going it's like there's a ball and chain holding me back <laughs> so this is his imagination talking all right there is no ball and chain this isn't a real experience nations become real hypnotic suggestion and what I did was I got him to pull against this ball and chain so he's standing there in my office just leaning slightly as if he's pulling against this really heavy ball I said, well, the moment when I clap my hands, the chain's going to break. <laughs> I clap my hands and he fell in the direction he was pulling. <laughs> and he just suddenly just started laughing and then cried a bit and then laughed some more. And he went, wow, all that resistance has gone. <laughs> it's disappeared. <laughs> I said, yeah, it's that ball there sitting in the middle of my office. <laughs> it doesn't exist. It's just a story he was telling himself in his mind. So sometimes it's a case that you can step into the story and use the story to change mindset which is quite yeah. fun it's just another reframe it's another way to well it's a chain uh okay then <laughs> because nothing in the mind is is real so i think overall i'd say how to get past it is to realize you've got more choices than you think you do um and is to give yourself some time to be with it sit with it and let the intuition tune back in rather than as as we said earlier rather than thinking oh i'm feeling really worried about that well, why am i worried about it because i might get it wrong and if i might get it wrong i might get judged and if i might get judged i might get ostracized and exiled and no one stop <laughs> none of that's actually happening what's actually happening okay so let's start there again yeah absolutely yeah i think 
like you say, just slowing right down, identifying our thoughts and just pay attention to, to what we're thinking. And then and we can actually... it's just thinking as well. You know, it's all just thoughts. You can yeah. decide whether you agree with it or not. Yeah, I've got an example, actually. Um, quite a number of years ago, I, I decided to apply for a job um, as purchase ledger in an accountant's. I, I didn't have any experience in accountancy and I didn't have any qualifications at all. And I thought, oh, I, you know, I'd like to try out being an accountant, see if that's a good career path for me. You know, and then I sort of thought, oh, I haven't got any experience, I haven't got any qualifications, you know. Um, yeah. And I just thought, you know, why don't I just go, you know, what's the harm in going for it? And I, I thought to myself, well, hang on a minute. I know I can do that job. I know I'm capable of doing it. You know, I, I know I can do it. I know I'm capable of doing it. All I've got to do is convince them but I'm capable of doing the job. And no. I went for the interview and I told them I could do the job. And despite going up against other people, because they told me this, other people who did have experience, did have qualifications, I got the job. Nice. Because I believed that I could do it. I really, yeah. truly believed I could do it. And, and, and I could, you know. <laughs> yeah. So the power of the mind, isn't it? It really is the power <laughs> of the mind. Yeah, some people get themselves into some right old pickles because they're overconfident. So, you know, <laughs> yeah, I can do that, but they can't. <laughs> uh, so, you know, all of these checks and balances are important and necessary. Yeah. It's all about balance yeah. at the end of the day. But, uh, but yeah, you know, caution is, is, is good sometimes. And sometimes you've got to just, yeah, I can do it. I know I can. Off you go. Yep. Um, good on you on that front. Yep. I think it comes back to a, what I talk about a lot is is slowing down, calming ourselves down, fitting in that that relaxation, that me time, whether that's meditation, exercise, walking, watching your favourite movie, you know, whatever it is, having that quiet time that calms those thoughts, so we can feel what's right, and um, we can identify if we've got any negative thoughts or identify, you know, and just like you say, just identify what we're thinking. And once we've identified it, then we can fix it if necessary, decide whether it needs fixing or, or not, you know, and then you can work through it. It's just when we're too busy, we don't identify it. I think an important definition as well is there's no threat in the thoughts. Even if they go, what if you die? That In that thought, you know, it's, it's just a thought. You can sit on your sofa having a cup of thinking about, well, am I going to learn to uh, base jump? You know, well, it might kill me. There's no threat in that thought. You can make a decision. It's part of the decision-making process because people do die. Um, but the thought of I might dangerous. It's just, it's words in the mind and the words don't, um, anything apart from implied meaning, you know? They're not real. They're, they're not the things they represent. So what if this happens? What if that happens isn't threatening? It's just a question in the mind. It's just words in the mind. Images of things going wrong are just images in the mind. They're no more threatening than watching a World War II film. They're not real. They can't hurt you. And if you can, the more you can just identify with your thought process, it's the thought process. And you go, well, why am I feeling threatened by that? Nothing about thinking this can hurt me. Suddenly you can become more comfortable thinking about those risk assessing questions and without feeling threat, without feeling danger, without 
the imagination becoming real. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I really hope that this podcast has been helpful to people. I hope it's given people a lot to think about. And, you know, I hope people can really think about their life. You know, are you really living your best life? Are there things that you deep down would love to do, but you, you, you're not doing because things are holding you back? You've got limiting yeah, beliefs. Yeah. You've got blocks. Go for it, unless it's a really bad idea. <laughs> and the thing is, is that we're, we're frightened of negative experiences, aren't we? But negative experiences are also important to help us grow. We're, we're frightened of failing. We're frightened of negative experiences. But they're also part of growing. We can't get everything right all the time. That's part of growth is getting things. OK, that didn't work. That didn't go very well. I'll do it a bit differently next time. That's that's part of it, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, it's exciting. But exciting, excitement and anxiety feel that the chances are that each individual person experiences excitement and anxiety uh, as almost identical sensations because excitement and anxiety are largely anticipation. Uh, anxiety is anticipation with a nasty story attached. Excitement is anticipation with an exciting, a good story attached to it. Um, yeah. So the, the actual sensation are very, very similar. It's just a sensation with a different story attached to it. It's all about the story. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here, Alex. I've really, really enjoyed this conversation um, and I hope it's going to help a lot of people. If anybody wants to explore this further, then please get in touch with either myself or Alex. Alex, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, my website is www.lifechangeexperience.co.uk. That's www.lifechangeexperience.co.uk. I'm all over there. I'm all over that. Excellent. And I know we've talked about some further podcasts, so um, watch this space. We've got certainly got more material to discuss, which I'm really excited about. Um, thank you so much for, for coming and being here, Alex. Um, if anybody thank wants to get in touch with... Sorry, carry on. Just thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, yeah, if anyone wants to get, anybody wants to get in touch with me, um, I am Follow Your Path with Cara Hunter on Facebook, um, Instagram at carahunter422, uh, and I've got an email, carahunter4 at hotmail.com. But I will include all of those details in the description of the podcast so you can get in touch with either of us. And I hope you've all enjoyed this today. And thanks so much for being here, Alex. We'll catch up again very soon. Nice one. Thank you. Bye, everybody. <laughs>